Welcome to Entrusted Ministries with T.K. Anderson, who is the senior pastor of Compass Church in Monterey County, California. A big shout out to a couple of our network stations, WNVY in Pensacola, Florida, both AM and FM, and KERI AM in Bakersfield, California. And as we continue to grow, we have two new stations joining us today. The first is Scranton, Pennsylvania, WITK AM and FM, and Tupelo, Mississippi, WCPC, both AM and FM. If you'd like to help us to continue to share the love of Jesus with more new stations, you can go to our website, entrusted.tv. That's entrusted.tv to make a donation. And for a gift of any amount, we will send you a copy of Pastor Anderson's newest book, Freedom, Living Above Your Circumstance. Well, today we are talking about vision and how you should have a vision for your life and direction for your future. Pastor, can you give us some insight on today's message? Sure. Uh, Over the next couple of weeks, we will be sharing a two-part series from our church family about the importance of looking forward to what God has in store for our lives. You know, it's easy to get stuck in a rut or pulled down by our problems. It's at that point where we need to remember that God has big plans for His people. And the only limits that we have are limits that we impose uh, upon ourselves. You know, God's faithfulness in the past actually projects us into the future. Also, I want to remind our listeners that next year in May of 2024, you are invited to join us for a trip to the Holy Land. It's going to be a fabulous time to experience the land of the Bible. And all the information is available for you at entrusted.tv. Hey, thanks for listening today, and I'll be sure to catch up with you at the end of today's message. So here's a question for us to consider at the start. Have you ever read a book, a really good book, or watched a very compelling movie, and you kind of wondered how the author created such a captivating uh, story? I'm sure that's happened for you before. Well, according to the Masterclass uh, website featuring best-selling author David Baldacci, who, by the way, sold over 130 million copies of his books, they identify six key elements to a good story. And they comment on the website that by understanding these elements, we can learn more about the craft of writing and, of course, feel more confident in our own abilities to write uh, stories. And that's a pretty impressive claim uh, to make, but with an author like Baldacci, I think the Masterclass uh, website does carry some weight. Now, I share that information with you because uh, I'm not trying to teach you how to write the next best-selling author or the next best-selling novel or movie, but rather I want us to begin uh, to be encouraged to think about what does it mean to write a good story? What does it mean to write a good story? Now, I'm not talking about a story written on paper or a story that you type along on your computer. I'm actually talking about a story written through the events and the seasons through your entire life. You see, every single one of us here would love to live a life of impact, wouldn't we? We would love to live a life that has meaning to it and significance and some sort of fulfillment that we've, our life made a difference in this world. Discovering how to live that type of a fulfilling life and letting Christ be your guide can actually help us to make that lasting impact that we desire in our world and to leave this place a little better off for our future generations. In fact, Jesus told us that we should have a powerful life. In John 10.10, 10, 
he talked to some folks and he said, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Have life and have it abundantly. The word there is parasus. It's a Greek word. It means to have an overabundance of a thing. Too many things to count, like the overflowing of a riverbank, right? It's abundant. That's what kind of life that we should have in Christ. And this statement that Jesus made even, is even more powerful when compared to what he said just prior to it. Because he told his disciples that it's the thief that comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And so the enemy of our soul, he wants to harm us. He wants to take from us. He wants to condemn you and enslave you. He wants to destroy you and demolish you. But Jesus promises to give us a life of abundance. I guess we could say Jesus wants to give you a life worth writing about. A life worth writing about. Bible gives us a clue of how to begin this journey in our introduction. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, the writer of Hebrews says, fix your eyes upon Jesus. Why? Because he is the author and the perfecter of your faith. He's the author and perfecter. Have you ever thought about that before? God being the author and perfecter of your life? You ever thought about God writing your story? And if so, how does God go about writing this story for us? I mean, does God have some sort of a writing room up in heaven? And he's got a big table, and he rolls out the scroll, and he pulls out a quill, and he begins to write. And when you and I make a mistake, does he look over at the angels and says, hey, Gabriel, come on over here, bring the white out. Sometimes we think like that. No, this uh, passage in Hebrews chapter 12 isn't teaching us that God is a heavenly scribe writing out the events of your life word for word or moment by moment. But rather, the verse is pointing out that Jesus is the author of life. In other words, Everything that you see, if you want to live life to its fullest, you live life as the way in which the creator designed it. He's the creator of life. He's the author of life. And how do we live life to the fullest? We follow the example of Jesus because as the author of life, the writer of Hebrews says he's the perfecter of our faith. What does that mean? It means he's the standard by which we live our life. That's what the passage is teaching us. And Jesus lived out that faith for us and lived out that life as the standard for us 2,000 years ago. So when you put all this together in the introductory remarks, what we come to the conclusion of is that a big part of the process of God writing your story is lived out as you and I follow the example of Jesus in our personal walk. Jesus becomes our leader. Jesus is our influencer. Jesus is our only guide. So here's a good question for you as we start this message. Who is the guide in your story? You see, as followers of Christ, God is the guide in our story. And today we're going to discover that he offers us three guiding principles for this journey of life. And I believe these three principles will help you and I craft a long-lasting story that go way beyond our lifetime on this planet. Here's the three things God wants us to focus on. It starts with this. First, it's a story that loves biblical truth. A story that loves biblical truth. So go ahead and fill that in on your notes. Now, how do I know that God loves biblical truth? How do I know that? Well, because God himself is truth. And when I say truth, I mean truth with a capital T. So a lot of talk of truth today. My truth and your truth. We'll call that truth with a small, lowercase. Might as well just say your opinion right? Or my opinion, because it's not truth. It's just someone's experience and how they want to explain it. When I talk about truth, I'm talking about absolute truth. Jesus is the truth. He was speaking to his disciples one day, and in John uh, 14, 6, he says, I am the way. I'm the way to heaven. 
I am, by the way, the truth, and I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. The Bible tells us in Psalm 119 that the sum of God's word is truth. The Bible tells us in Psalm 51 that sincerity and truth are what God requires. Fill my mind with your wisdom, God. So we can have opinions, that's okay, that's fine. But what God's more interested in is biblical truth. Truth with a capital T. When in doubt, Mark Twain said, when in doubt, tell the truth. It's a pretty good idea, huh? Kind of reminds me of a story I heard about a pastor who received a pie uh, from one of his parishioners. Now, this story may or may not be true in my family. I cannot confirm or deny the story. But the pie was pretty bad. And the minister's wife, the pastor's wife, reluctantly threw the pie in the garbage. And now the pastor was faced with a problem. How does he thank the banker at the same time, or the baker, and at the same time be truthful? Well, after much thought, he came up with the following idea and he wrote a note and it said this, thank you for being so kind and thoughtful. I can assure you that a pie like yours never lasts long in our house. <laughs> now they put my initials there, but I didn't write that note. That didn't. <laughs> so this idea of being truthful is important. We need that in our communication. Bob Dylan once said that all the truth in the world adds up to one big lie. Unfortunately, if you take that logic, Mr. Dillon's conclusion would actually be a part of that one big lie, wouldn't it? A little circular reasoning going on there. I'm not here to debate that today, but what I want to say is that uh, quote from Bob Dylan, it's sad. It's a sad declaration, and the sad part is a lot of people believe it. But it's interesting to note that we're not the first culture to battle with this issue of what is truth, right? When Jesus was walking this earth, he uh, stood before Pontius Pilate, and Pilate questioned him to see if Jesus indeed was a king. And here's what Jesus said to Pilate. He said, everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice, John 18, 37. And Pilate responded quickly. He said, well, what is truth? And after that, he went back outside. What is truth? That's what he asked. People are asking that today. I thought it's interesting always when I read that story, I always find it fascinating that Pilate didn't even stick around to hear the answer from God himself. Hmm. Sounds familiar with our culture today too, doesn't it? So the bottom line to all of this, what I'm talking about today is how can we as a church, as part of our vision in your life and the vision for the life of this church, how can we help people to know biblical truth in 2023 when we're in a culture that struggles so desperately with this topic? It's a big question, isn't it? But that's what I think we're called to do. So I wrote down three things. You can write these in your notes. First, I think we need to work hard at creating a culture of invitation at Compass. A culture of invitation. What do we mean by that? This simply means that everywhere you go, you keep in the front of your mind that God is putting you in places and situations and connecting you with people that you can invite to church anytime you want, every day, each and every week, and every month throughout this year. There never is a bad time to invite somebody to church. Just invite them. You see that empty seat next to you today? That's a seat that's waiting to be filled by somebody that you invite. That's the mindset we should take, that God wants us to do this. Because as a church, we're committed to presenting the gospel message each and every weekend because we believe that God changes lives when people intersect with God's word, don't we? 
And here's the key to remember. You get people here and God will change their life. You get them here, God will change their life. So here's a good question for all of us to consider. Who is God asking you to invite to church even next week? Wake up Monday morning and ask yourself the question. Go to bed Sunday night and say, who is God wanting me to invite to church this week? And go get the little tiny coffee and the little donuts, right? <laughs> have them sit next to you and have them enjoy church. There's a lot of people, by the way, statistics show that if you invite people, you ask people, why don't you go to church? Have you ever been to church? They say no. Why don't you go? And they say, I don't know. I didn't think about it. Would you go if someone invited you? And the majority of people still today, Barna surveys will say yes. Just no one invited them. Some won't, that's fine, but let's focus on the ones that would say yes, right? So go ahead and invite 100 people this year, and if 40 people come, that's 40 more people that came this year that didn't come last year. And if all of us are doing that, creating a culture of invitation, and we're clearly sharing the gospel message, that's a way for us as a church to share biblical truth this year. Make sense? That's one simple way, a culture of invitation. What's the second way? To create a culture of unity in our uh, in our sphere of influence. It means it's part of this idea of building a culture of unity, meaning that we prioritize the greater message of God's love for lost people over the personal opinions of non-essential issues. That's what it means. My dad grew up in the uh, 30s, 40s, and 50s, and he grew up in, we'll say, a fundamentalist church, uh, kind of a lot of religious overpinnings to it. Uh, he couldn't go to the bowling alley, right? He couldn't shoot pool, uh, couldn't go to a movie theater, these types of things. Some of you remember that. Maybe you grew up in that environment. I'm not here to debate whether or not it's a good idea to go bowling or not, right? I don't go bowling because I stink at bowling, so that's what that is. So <laughs> I don't shoot pool because I'm not too good at that either. But. but the bottom line is in our culture, we're not fighting those battles anymore, right? We're kind of over that part. But here's, we have a bigger problem. We have a problem because we all have pet topics we want to talk about, right? Politics. Can you believe so-and-so did this? Can you believe so-and-so did that? I've kind of developed the point where like, I'm like, no, I, yeah, I can believe it. I'm not surprised at all. They're a fallen human being and they make mistakes and they make bad decisions. And, but what I'd rather do instead of staying down here in the non-essential topics of our world, because that's what the world wants you to do. Think about it. If you're the enemy of your soul and you know you're going to church and your pastor's up there saying, hey, let's go out and win the world for Jesus Christ, the enemy is going to want to get needled down in all of these small topics. That's what the world wants you to do. But what I'm challenging you to do is to say, no, I'm going to rise above all of that. We'll have some liberty in the non-essentials. Why? Because I don't want to talk about the non-essentials. What I want to talk about is, how are you doing? How's your family? Do you have anything I can pray for? And then you pray. And then you say, hey, do you mind if I share a Bible verse with you? You pull something out of Psalms on your Bible app and you go, hey, can I just text it over to you? You swipe it over and send it to them. Why do we do that? Because we know that when people intersect with God's word, their life gets changed. That's why. Take the pressure off of yourself, friend. You don't have to be the most uh, knowledgeable person in all areas of the Bible. Just share your life story. Pray with people. Have a culture that understands we're going to have unity in the essentials. And the essentials are we want to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. So here's a question for you. What is God asking you to let go of this year for the greater purpose of sharing biblical truth with other people? What pet peeves do you got to let go of? things that really bother you. So you can be rising above all the ground noise and share biblical truth with people. All right, a culture of invitation, a culture of unity. Here's a third one, a culture of being prepared, a culture of readiness. We know we should be prepared at some level. Here's what Peter said to 
some people he wrote a letter to, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. He says, always be prepared to give a defense to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that is in you. But respond with what? Say that with me. Gentleness and respect. Let's do that again. But respond with gentleness and respect. We want to be known as a kind church. We want to be known as a friendly church. We want to be known as a church that upholds biblical truth. But we're going to do it with what? Gentleness. And we're going to do it with respect. Why? Because that's what the Bible asks us to do. Nobody wants to talk to a cranky Christian. Do you? I don't even want to. Imagine I wasn't a Christian. I definitely don't want to talk to you, right? Do it with gentleness and respect. Everyone should be ready to give a defense for the faith with Christ. But what I've learned with Christians is when I ask them, would you like to share your faith? Most of them will say yes, right? 90, 95%. But then I realize that not a lot of people do share their faith. And I know why, because we get scared, right? We tried it once. We tried it twice. It didn't work. We got hit with a question. We didn't know what to do. We're nervous. And so we realize I'll just be quiet. I'll keep my head down. And, uh, you know, that's what I'll, what I'll do. Well, what I want to impress on you is God's asking us as a church and he's asking me as a pastor to train you so you can be ready to give a defense. Now, defense doesn't mean be defensive. It just means to give a reason. Uh, the Greek word there is apologia. It, it's where we get the word apologetics. You've maybe heard that, Christian apologetics. This is where it comes from. It doesn't mean to apologize. It means to make a statement, right? To give a reason for what it is that we believe. So one of the things that we're going to do this year, we're going to start in March, is we're going to have a class and we're going to do it in March for you to take, if you want to, to learn how to better share your faith with your culture. So here's my question. If I could give you five strategies to share your faith with other people this year, and you could win five people for Jesus Christ, would you be interested in learning those five strategies? Of course, everybody says yes to that, right? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to give you some strategies, and we're going to give you the opportunity to go out and share your faith and do it in power but do it with gentleness and respect. And as I said, sometimes it's just as simple as sharing the Bible. There was a famous preacher in the 1800s. His name was Charles Spurgeon. He was kind of a big, robust guy, big preacher. In fact, his nickname was the Prince of Preachers. He said this about sharing the Bible. He encourages people, just go out and share the Bible because the word of God is like a lion. You don't have to defend the lion. All you have to do is let the lion loose. And guess what? The lion will defend himself. Just let it loose. Just let the Bible speak for itself. So here's the question. Are you committed to allowing God to use you to share biblical truth this year? All right, what's the second thing that God wants us to focus on to write the story of our life? It's a story that loves investing in other people. A story that loves investing in other people. And what do I mean by this? In the early days of my Christian discipleship process when I was a teenager, I came across this verse. And this verse was revolutionary for me. And it set me on a path that um, I think was very beneficial for me. And this verse is kind of, um, it's kind of captivating and compelling. It's kind of arresting, if you think about it, to the mind. Jesus was talking and he said to the people, he said, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for the many. And when I thought about that as a young man, I thought, did the, the God of all creation the creator of heaven and earth, the creator of my life and your life, did that God come to planet earth and submit himself to such a level that he served us? I mean, no other religious system has ever said that. If there was any interaction between God and, and the creation, it was always the creation has to 
serve and worship the, the creator, right? But here in Christianity, in the second person of the Trinity, in Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, we have God coming to earth not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for the many. It had huge implications for me. What does that mean if I'm a follower of Jesus Christ? Does that mean I have to give up everything? And the answers to these questions drive a disciple of Jesus into the understanding that you and I are called to invest in other people. And I'm not talking financially. We're called to invest in other people through service. We're called to serve other people and to serve other people in a way in which Jesus served them. And so a big part of writing your story this year will be how well you invest in other people by serving them. We've got lots of ways you can serve at the church, right? It has huge implications. But there's a bigger question actually to, to go after here. It's not just about finding the ways in which we can serve each other here as a local church. The question will be how well do we do in serving those around us? Because if we're not careful, we'll become internally focused. Did you know it takes about 100, uh, 150 to 200 volunteers each and every weekend to do what we do here at Compass Church, right? From ushers and greeters, musicians, kids, teens, and small groups, all of that. About 150 to 200 people. That's a lot of people. And many of you are a part of that. And that's fantastic. We want to keep doing that. And I want to encourage those of you who aren't involved in a place of service, find out this year where you can serve inside of your local church. But I don't want us to get locked into just serving us and serving each other in the ministries of this church because God's story is so much bigger. God's story is so much bigger for this church and so much bigger for your life. I want to impress upon you this morning on your heart today, how can we do a better job of not only serving the needs of Compass, but also the needs of the entire Monterey Bay area? I was shaking hands in the first service in the early you know, welcoming people, one of the guys said, oh, I see you're sporting Cal State today. And I said, well, not as much. It's the only shirt I could find that says Monterey Bay on it. <laughs> Trying to impress upon our heart that God has called us to reach the entire bay, which includes Santa Cruz County, Monterey County. You get the idea. This whole region, God has placed this church in a place where it can minister to the needs of the people here. And the question becomes, not only are we ministering to the needs and serving the needs of our community, how can we also deliver the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ as well along with that? Because it's not only just finding places of service, it's also being able to share the gospel because we've been entrusted and called to do that. How do I know that? Check out this verse in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. This is from the Apostle Paul writing to an ancient group of Christians. He says, we have been approved by God to be what? Entrusted. Entrusted with the gospel. Do you know you and I in this generation, in this community, in this church, in this location, in your family, you now have been, as a follower of Christ, entrusted with the gospel. You've been entrusted with it. Paul was entrusted with it. Those early Christians were entrusted with it. And all throughout church history, all generations were entrusted with it. And guess what they did? They made sure we got it, didn't they? And what are we going to do with it? We've been entrusted with the gospel so God has charged us to carry this message with us. We're entrusted with the gospel. What is the gospel? That tells the good news of salvation through faith in Christ. And so when we speak to others, we speak not as if we're trying to please people, right? Meaning we're not trying to gain power and popularity. We're not a YouTube star. We're not a, you know influencer. That's not what we're trying to do. But we're trying to please God who examines our hearts, meaning God's expecting our best. 
If you haven't seen this type of a translation before, it's called the Amplified Bible. So it takes the text, and then in the parentheses, it gives you a little bit more uh, emphasis on what the text is saying there. It's a great way for personal Bible study devotion. But God has called us to influence and service our community. Did you know that God uh, actually has entrusted to this church about 3,000 households in this area? In the Santa Cruz, Monterey County area, or what I call Monterey Bay. God's entrusted 3,000 households to us. Because here's the interesting thing. Although 3,000 households is a phenomenal reach and a phenomenal responsibility, don't get me wrong, but in truth, God has called us to influence the entirety of the Monterey Bay area. Did you know in Monterey County alone, I looked it up this week, we have over, there's over 128,000 households for us to reach. So we've got 3,000. We've got to get to 128,000. Somebody asked me, Pastor, how come you don't get more political in your discussions from the pulpit? I'll tell you why. Until we reach 128,000 homes, I really don't need to say much about politics, do I? I need to talk to people about who Jesus is and how Jesus can change their life and how he is the best thing you can ever do and how when your life is empty, Jesus is the one that fills it. And when you're lost, he's the one that's going to help you find your way home. And when you're guilty, he's the one that gives you forgiveness. He's your savior. He's your Lord. He's the one you chase after. So this year, I want to challenge us, folks, to do more. I want to challenge us to give more, to serve more, to bless those around us more in every one of these five areas that God has called us to reach. Listen, friend, if you're not serving other people, you're missing out. You are. You're missing out. So here's your questions for your takeaways to consider this week. The first one was, will you commit to allowing God to use you to share biblical truth this year by creating a culture of invitation, focusing on the essentials, and being ready to share your faith when needed? Will you allow God to write your story through serving others? Serving others here as a local church, but also serving others like we heard from Monica and her story that she had. There's many stories like that we could write at the end of this year. And then finally, in terms of our finances, is this the year that you trust God to grow your faith through your finances? So I'll leave those questions with you as God works on your heart, but why don't you join me in closing our service and we'll stand and I'll say a word of prayer for us. Amen. I appreciate you taking the time to listen to today's message, and I am confident that you have found inspiration in God's Word and that your faith has been reinforced today. Remember that no matter what challenges you may be facing, God is powerful enough to meet you right where you are, and all the resources in heaven are available to support you. Let me pray for us. Dear Father, we lift up all of our listeners to you today with full confidence in your goodness and your greatness. We trust that you will provide them with the protection and provision that they need in their lives. We also ask that your peace would guard their hearts and minds until the day of Jesus' return or until we're called home. With our whole hearts, we serve you and ask for your blessings. In Jesus' name, we confidently pray. Amen. Well, thanks, Pastor Anderson, for that message and the prayer. Entrusted Ministries is provided to you by partners just like you from across America. If you'd like to help us continue to share the love of Jesus with this ministry, I want to encourage you to make a donation at the website entrusted.tv. That's entrusted.tv to make a gift. And remember, for a donation of any amount, we will send you a copy of Pastor Anderson's newest book, Freedom, Living Above Your Circumstance. 
Also, if you'd like to go to the Holy Land with Pastor Anderson in May of 2024, you're invited to join us as we help make the Bible come to life. It will be a special trip for you. It will be incredible to see for yourself the land of the Bible. All the information is available for you at entrusted.tv. Thank you for listening and see you next week at this same time on this same station.